Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, September 9th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, gun violence in St. Louis over the past few months has left empty desks where children are supposed to be in school. It's really hard for me. I, I look for her every morning, but I miss her because she kept our class going. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney begins our series on gun violence. First, the news. Missouri Governor Mike Parson is running for his first full term as the state's chief executive. He made the announcement yesterday. Parson became governor last year after his predecessor, Eric Greitens, resigned amid scandal. Claire Kidwell reports. In his hometown of Bolivar, Parson officially announced his bid for the 2020 gubernatorial spot to a crowd of supporters who had gathered in the local high school. We believe that everyone should have the opportunity to pursue the American dream. If you are willing to work, that dream should never be out of reach for anyone. Parson said if elected, he plans to boost the manufacturing sector, create policies to attract more jobs, and ensure that all Missourians have equal opportunity in education and training. A handful of protesters from the advocacy group Missouri Healthcare for All interrupted Parson's speech to protest his administration's removal of more than 100,000 people from the state's Medicaid program since the start of 2018. I'm Claire Kidwell. Republican State Representative Jim Neely has announced plans to run for governor as well. Democratic State Auditor Nicole Galloway is also seeking the job. Parsons' announcement comes as lawmakers return to Jefferson City today for a special legislative session. They will be resolving a car sales tax issue. But, as St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports, Democrats would like to add other items to the agenda. Gun violence and people getting kicked off of Medicaid are the most important topics State Representative Crystal Quaid wants to talk about when legislators are back in town. The Springfield Democrat says members of her party will be filing legislation to address these issues. She says dealing with the recent spike in gun violence specifically is crucial. Every day we're seeing more and more people die in Missouri and the conversation has to start. We can't just wait because it's too hard. Governor Mike Parson says these aren't suitable topics for the limited special session. He wants to save it for the regular session that begins in January. And despite Democrats filing bills, Quaid says she expects it to play out this way. Lawmakers will be in town for most of the week, with the special session running concurrently with the annual veto session. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Washington University in St. Louis is spearheading a new effort to diversify the field of data science. Beginning in 2020, WashU will train faculty and graduate students from across the country on how to use data science tools and methods. The three-year program will focus specifically on recruiting underrepresented minorities. WashU professor of sociology and education, Otis Johnson, is leading the program. Data science is really experiencing an, a revolution. I mean, there are new technologies and methodologies, new software programs every year at a pace that challenges a faculty member's ability to keep up. The program will include training in statistical software. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review this daily effort wherever you get your podcasts. More than one dozen children in St. Louis have been violently killed this year, several by bullets not intended for them. 
The damage creates ripples that force schools to take on the role of crisis response. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports on how school changes when a classmate is killed. At a vigil in front of Herzog Elementary School in the North Point neighborhood, kids sit quietly on steps up to the school. Teachers stand nearby. The names being read aloud are not the attendants for those who are present. It's the names of kids who will never show up for school again. Xavier Usanga, seven. Jason Eberhardt, Jr., 16. Journey Thompson, Eight. Xavier Usanga caught in crossfire behind his house, enjoying the final hours of summer vacation. Jason Eberhardt Jr. gunned down in a parking lot. Journey Thompson killed by a bullet after attending a high school football game. Journey was just two weeks into her third grade year at Herzog Elementary. As the vigil ended outside the school, mourners released balloons above where her name is spelled out in candles. Two days later, the candles and teddy bears still lay in a corner of the parking lot. Kids run and climb through the playground nearby. Inside, third grade teacher Mary Wright hasn't been able to touch the things inside Journey's desk yet. It's been a rough week. Wright and her students have grieved together and escaped to safe spaces alone when memories become too much. Journey's classmates made cards with messages for her. The kids speak so bluntly about trauma and loss. Teachers have had to be strong and stable while also losing someone considered family. So it's really hard for me. I, uh, I look for her every morning, but I miss her because she kept our class going. Principal Olu Yamisi Folaren says kids see fighting and violence in their community on a regular basis. She worries the fighting she sees among students now will turn into violence when they're grown. We have seven and eight-year-olds that are doing that now. What would those children do when they're 16? What's going to happen to them when they're 16 or 15? Teachers work with kids on conflict resolution, but Folaren says they're frustrated. There's no answers. How do we fix it? We're at the elementary level. How do we fix it for our children so they don't have that as a, they don't, that's not a result for them, that that's not an option. But for now, Falaren says despite the loss of journey, her kids give her and teachers hugs. That makes her optimistic. Hospital records show a child in the St. Louis area is shot at least once every four days. For many kids in St. Louis, losing family members, neighbors, and classmates is almost routine. Stephanie Moore is a social worker for St. Louis Public Schools and a crisis team lead for the schools on the city's north side. She was at Clay Elementary on the first day of school, where seven-year-old Xavier was supposed to start the second grade. It's beyond unfortunate. And the kids, you see them hurting, but it has become so normal. They don't even know how to process it anymore. It's like, okay, that happened, and just keep moving forward. It's almost like sweeping in underneath the rug. And it's like at some point we have got to address all of these lumps underneath the rug. Through a sort of conditional numbness to violence in their neighborhoods and youthful resilience, Herzog teacher Wright says laughter and learning is slowly returning to her classroom. It, it will get back to normal because they're kids and they're resilient and they bounce back. But it's something that will always be on their heart. Wright says her class will try to love on each other a little more. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio.
Our Maria Altman edited that report, which is part of our series, Children Under Fire. We have profiles of children killed in St. Louis by gun violence this year on our website, stlpublicradio.org. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.